0: Welcome, everyone, to a fresh edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast, the trade deadline edition, the quiet trade deadline edition, if you will, alongside the Chelsea blogger, the NHL.com. Are you a senior? Co- You're not a senior correspondent. Yes, yeah, Scott King. Here from NBA Serena. I'm Chris Bowden, your pre and post game host on WGN Radio 4, Blackhawks Hockey. Are, are you done? Right, right, as, right. As I was, right as we were ready to do this. There's one more, one more sandwich for Scott on his plate. So I, I put a timer on him, and he appears to be finished. First of all, don't tell me what I'm not
1: when we start the show. I don't, I don't know if they even have senior correspondents. I think there's staff writers. <laughs> but no, there was also a food deadline, and my food deadline was that I could have an extra half sandwich that the Blackhawks provided by the time you got ready to do the show after sending some audio in and I, I passed the uh I got something in ahead of the food deadline. It,
0: it was close but there's still food stuck in your teeth there as we begin our podcast <laughs> right boring. now. But but it was uh nice of the Blackhawks to provide some cold cuts, some sandwiches, some chips, some there was there was some fruit in there as well, some apples and, and oranges. And then there was dessert. So uh the Blackhawks tempting us once again. But I don't think I'm not really surprised at what uh Stan Bowman as it turns out in quite frank language, didn't do uh, at this trade deadline um, because I had a sense, and unfortunately most Blackhawk fans on social media don't get the sense, I was joking, you don't have food in there, that he wasn't going to be in the rental market giving up first and second round picks uh, to try and sneak this team into the playoffs. It's managed to find its way into contention. Uh, As it is, and we'll talk about the two losses over the weekend in in a bit, but um, I, I never sensed that he was going to be in the market for a Mark Stone or... You know, a, a Gustav Nyquist or any of these other guys in order to hopefully get the Blackhawks in the playoffs because um, they fought their way back in it as is. And there have been so many years past where he was sacrificing first and second round picks that uh, I, I think a process has begun. And he was simply going to look for the kind of trade that he's made already so far this season, the likes of which with Arizona and Edmonton, where he got pieces back in return that could potentially uh, be long-term uh, pieces to this roster moving forward. I don't know. Were, were you surprised at all that it was this quiet?
1: No, I expected. I just felt like it was a year where the way things unfolded, they were going to need a lot more than one or two good players, you know, to, if they are able to sneak into the playoffs to uh, do some damage and go further or to be uh, set down the line for next year. I just thought that, you know, they, they have what they have and they're going to try to sneak in. They're, you know, what are they now, um, four points back?
0: now it 's uh, after those two losses over the weekend to Colorado and um, Colorado and uh, Dallas. Yeah, they have fallen uh, five points in back of Minnesota, which, as we tape here on Monday afternoon following the deadline, uh, Minnesota at 66 points. They've rallied with three consecutive wins. Uh, Colorado has suddenly found life once again, winning five of six after dropping eight in a row. And uh, the Avalanche are in action against uh, Florida tonight. So um, this doesn't necessarily mean we're stating that with this current roster, the Blackhawks are going to be able to make the playoffs, but they've at least made things interesting and... And to you know, sacrifice a, a first or second round pick uh, when they were much closer, obviously at that time made a lot more sense. I'm just not sure that it makes sense for this team right now.
1: Or even just if you look at what they've done in the past, whether they're close or not, whether they're in a position where they can sneak in or not now. I don't think they want to give away any more top prospects mm-hmm. like they have the last couple of years. Um, you know, guys down in Rockford who look to be difference makers in the future. You look at, Stan talked about the different defensemen they have in different leagues whether it's and Mitchell, Adam Bockfist, or uh, Nicholas Bodine. Those are guys you, you want to hang on to because you know your veteran decor is is old and a little rusty. You know, they're, they're trying to make things happen now. They look good in flashes. But those are shoes sir, and, and skates you need to fill later on and you hope that at least one of those three guys, if not the other defensive prospects, can fill those holes.
0: Enough of us babbling for now. Let's hear from the man himself, a uh, senior vice president and general manager, Stan Bowman, about the media about two uh, thirty or so on Monday afternoon, when all was set and done. Even though some of the other big deals had yet to settle at the NHL, let's hear from him. He touches on a number of uh, topics, including some of those prospects, including the job Jeremy Colleton's done, the return of Corey Crawford as well, which is now happening after he was activated on Monday. But the first question he faced was whether he was close
2: on anything in terms of a trade ahead of the deadline a couple things were kind of uh on the borderline of happening but you know at the end of the day we weren't determined just to make a trade just to make you guys happy we, it had to be it had to make sense you know for a, where we're at also short term and long term and just nothing came together today
0: did the past two games did that affect your thinking in any way one way or the other
2: no no not at all um We were never in that rental market where we were going to be trying to chase players that uh, were expiring contracts. So we were always looking at potential real trades where you're trading more of a filling one need and by trading an area maybe where you had a surplus, but um, we had a lot of talks. It just didn't come together.
0: We saw the news on Corey Crawford and how good to see him getting back here soon.
2: Yeah, it's great. Uh, Obviously... He's an important part of our team, so uh, the fact that he's been activated is a great sign, and uh, can't wait to see him on the ice.
1: How would you evaluate the job Jeremy's done since he's taken over the team?
2: Well, things are much different now than they were in the beginning in terms of our team is playing um, more like a cohesive team. And, you know, I think the last couple of games are a good example where the results don't always match up sometimes i thought we've played two of our better games um these past two and we haven't gotten the results but we had a long stretch there we were winning games and maybe not playing our best and i think that's what happens sometimes in in sports but in hockey for sure is you don't always get paid off for when you're playing your best but um Last two games were great effort for our team. I think you know it was like a playoff game. I thought the, the intensity from our fans was incredible. It was a buzz in the building, and I really liked the way we responded. We we played really good. Um, unfortunately, we didn't win. But uh, if we play like that down the stretch, I think we're going to win a lot of games. So, um, always trying to take the positive out of uh, even some losses, but. I thought we did some really good things in those games. We've got to try to build on that. And, you know, ultimately, you got to get some victories. But uh, I liked what I saw. And I think we've been seeing that with our team over the past, you know, six to eight weeks. We, we've seen it come together. Um, no question the power plays played a big part in that. You know, I think um, we talked about that being an important part. And it didn't come together right away. But, you know, it's nice to see that. Have a lot of confidence, you know. I think, you know, we watch those guys step on the ice and they think they're going to score every time, and it's just a different vibe from what it was three months ago. So uh, I think you know, Jeremy's played a big role in turning that around, and um, you know, so I'm happy with with that part of it. When you have a good power play, you're in the game uh, most nights, and uh, we got to keep that going. Stan, can you say that of your conversations <coughs> last few days, it was more teams calling you, looking at your players, than maybe vice versa? Uh, I don't. I don't know how to break it down. It was a little of both. Um, you know, part of your job is to make outbound calls and just try to uh, poke around to see if there might be a fit. And certainly, teams called us on some things as well. So, I don't know. It, it's it was pretty even split from that.
0: Did it ever get to a point where you were to any of the players who have you know moving clauses to ask if they'd be willing to wait? For
2: them? No you have obviously become competitive and jeremy's said himself that it's probably not an old team yet how do you how do you make that next step do you, do you see this offseason and the cap stage you guys possibly can have to, to, to complete that puzzle that's part of it um you know reshaping your team doesn't happen overnight i think it's a process it's not uh, like one or two moves i think the process has begun already you know with some of the trades that we've made we we've, we've if you look back at where we were four months ago to the team we have now, and we think some things have changed for the better, um, you know we've really got two pretty reliable, um, consistent offensive lines, and you know some of the guys on those. Cajula you know, wasn't here, and he's been a nice addition, and same thing with Strom So um, those moves have already happened, and you know we're going to probably look at reshaping our team through potential trades uh, between now and next season, and as well as free agency those are the the two ways as well as excuse me as well as players you know like graduating from junior to the American League or from the American League to NHL
1: you mentioned you're excited having Corey back but how much of a level of concern is there for him
0: obviously the second you know concussion that we know has been out for a long time moving forward
2: now Uh, well I of course you're concerned you want Every player to avoid injury, not just Corey, but all of our guys. I think um, you know he's certainly prepared himself well. He's 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 really worked at it. He's taken his time. I know you know there was a lot of um, I guess concern for him, uh, not only from the media and the fans, but you know internally to make sure that he's on the right path and he's ready to play. And um, you know I think when when you talk to him, which you know, he's he's excited. He wants to get back on the ice. I know he's been pushing for us to get him back there even sooner. But um you gotta do things the right way and follow the the protocols and listen to the doctors and that's how we got to this point.
0: What did you learn about Colin Jilliott? I mean, do you feel comfortable with him being one of your top two goalies in the next couple of years?
2: Yeah, I well I think as a normal progression for a young goalie he um, he's had some ups and downs, but he's more had a lot more ups and downs and um, he certainly came out of the gate flying and I think um, you know the thing we like about Colin is just how much he he's a competitive guy and he's shown the ability to grow his game even in the short time he's been a pro he's taken some big steps in a short amount of time so um, part of that is learning the NHL and um, you know these guys are the best players in the world so you know once you're up here for, five ten twenty games you get scouted more and they you know so then your job as a goalie is to step up your preparation and and work on your technical part of your game and that's what i love about colin is he's he's really a student of the game you know if you if you talk to him you know he wants to get better he's always trying to push himself to expand his game so um i think the future's bright for him, so we're excited he's part of it. So
0: going back to last July, was there any time you ever approached Ben Seabrook or his agent about waiting his low movement for us?
2: I don't want to get into that. I think once we start, then we're going to ask the next guy and the next guy. Um, so I don't want to approach those there's, conversations. Yeah,
1: that's fine. There's, there's, um, just as far as the rest of your defensemen, I'm just trying to get you know, a lot of them coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you have any concerns about how the roster's going to take shape?
2: Having too many players, I've never been concerned about that. Um, I would much rather have lots of options because when you do, then um, you can use them to fill in a gap somewhere else. So if we've got too many guys coming and they're all going to help our team, I would take that position any day. So that's not a bad thing.
1: Stan, yeah, there's been a lot of excitement about this team in its place. And the standings getting back in this playoff picture. But uh, as you mentioned, it's all kind of come together, uh, always the way that you appreciate this roster. What have you learned about what this team can do now in the bigger picture and moving forward?
2: Well, I think just in the last couple months, we've seen what a little bit of confidence and belief does. I think we were doing some good things even as far back as you know December, but it, it wasn't really translating into wins. And I think part of that is just learning that um, learning to believe in the process, as, as well as there was some more familiarity with a new coach and the the structure of how we wanted our team to play. Um, it didn't happen right away, but I think now there's there's probably less thinking and there's more just playing on instinct because they've been doing things longer. So I think that bodes well for the future. I think we've shown that even with essentially a very similar roster, we've gotten better results because we're executing better. Um, so if that continues and then we, we add some new pieces, I think there's reason for optimism in the coming years.
0: Stan, I'm, I'm sure you're pleased with the
2: development of Stroman to do you have to be careful this summer about how you spend that free agency money? Does that change your approach with the way they're, they're playing? Uh, in terms of their... Just their next contracts. Oh, um, no, that's not going to... I mean, it's always a factor when we look at adding a new player or signing a current player. I mean, we have things modeled out many years in the future, so it's no different than it's been in the past, I would say. So I think the fact that they're both... Driving is a great thing. I mean, you know, they've made a big difference to our team. You look at look at our offensive production, we're, you know, we're a pretty potent team as far as scoring goals, So, and they're a big part of it. You know, it's hard when you have one line. Um, teams are pretty good about being able to stymie one line. When you've got two lines that are um, a threat, and if you can ever get a third line, and that's what... We probably haven't quite found that yet. We're looking for, we have elements of it. We haven't found that third line to be a real dangerous line. But I think if we can build that, um, we're going to be hard to shut down.
1: Stan, uh, speaking of potent, Patrick Kane had a streak snapped yesterday, but obviously he's been incredibly productive all year long. What can you say about him this season?
2: He just, he makes it look easy. It's not as easy as he makes it look, trust me. Um, You watch him out there, and uh, I I don't know if I've ever seen him play better. Uh, I think that's the the pretty neat thing about Patrick is he always finds ways to um, add something new to his game, and I think um, I don't even know if there's one thing he added, but over the summer um, he comes back and he looks refreshed and he looks like he's better than ever. So uh, he's a threat every time he's on the ice. Doesn't matter what line he's on. Doesn't matter um, the situation in the game. If anything, as the game's on the line, he tends to. He's one of those few guys that seems to really play better as the stakes are higher. So um, we're fortunate to have him here, and he's uh, he's, he's played a huge role in you know, this surge that we've had lately. At this time last year, it seemed like hard, it was taking that step in Portland and kind of sensing that he could be you know, able to do this. Are you getting the sense of whether Bolquist or Bodan or Mitchell are, are progressing similarly? How would you kind of assess where they're at now? Yeah, I'm in the different leagues, so it's kind of hard to necessarily compare one. It was in the Western League versus College and Ontario League, Quebec, so they're all sort of in different um, situations, but they've all had great seasons. I, I think they've taken the next step in their development. And Adam's case, um, going to London, I think it was a big change for him just to come to North America, you know, to get used to life over here. And he's been very effective offensively, and I think that. That's important because he's an offensive defenseman. So if he were to come over here and have a hard time scoring, he's going to get frustrated. I mean, I think at the end of the day, his offense is not something we're ever concerned with. He's got to learn the two-way game, and I think um, you know it's it's been a good step for him from that perspective. Uh, He scored; I think he's got 17 goals, um, so it was a lot of goals for a defenseman. So he's certainly doing the offensive thing, and he for him, the measurement's going to be. Can he defend and you know as get as he gets stronger and learns tactics to handle bigger and stronger players uh, but this was a good first step for him um, you know the other two guys as well Mitchell and Bodin have both been standout players in their league, so uh, I think it looks it looks very promising for where they are. Um, I try not to put a timeline on it or handicap which one's ahead of the other one i they're all really progressing nicely i, I don't think any of them has. Stalled in their progression. They've all taken that next step forward, um, which is great to see, and we want that to continue in the coming couple of years. the
1: uh, The belief you see from the players, you said you, you noticed that. You could see it with the wins as they've come. But has your belief been strengthened based on you know seeing the results coming with this group?
2: Uh, well, yeah, things are much uh, looking up. I think if we were talking a few months ago, you know, it looked like we were so far behind everybody. And you know, we, I saw good things when you sit down and sort of watch. The video and some things we were trying to get our players to do, and you see it, but the wins weren't there. Uh, But now, when you see it translate into victories, and you get on a bit of a streak, and you know we've done it recently, we've we've went on a winning streak. So there's no reason we can't get back and start another one, um, you know, in our next game. So uh, it it is nice to see success. I think um, it's a lot more fun talking about victories and the guys. Um, get get life, and uh, I think uh, like I said the other night, it was incredible atmosphere. Our fans were, were really into the game, and they always are, but it was like at another level, and I think that's what we're looking for. We want to um, continue to give them something to be excited about. And his roles changed, uh, I guess, over the last season. Do you still see a long-term fit for him being here? Yeah, his role it did change, I guess, in the sense that Strom took some of those minutes as an offensive guy, but I think Artie's played well the last... Um, you know week or two he, he's really there was a stretch there where um, he was trying to, on different lines I think now uh, I've liked his game recently so um, he's a versatile player like obviously he had success a couple of years ago playing with uh, Patrick Kane on an offensive line but I think the thing we've always liked about him he's he's got that versatility he kills penalties he can play um, on other lines as well he doesn't have to just be a scoring line so um, that's nice to have as a centerman.
1: This season, you guys have gone from being virtually out of the playoff conversation to being maybe they can sneak in on a wild card. Um, looking at this situation, how do you, how long do you think it's going to take for you guys to be real contenders in a Stanley Cup run and not just an on the border playoff? Team?
2: Oh well, that the goal is to keep progressing year to year. So a year from now, we want to be in a better spot than we are now. Where that is in the standings, I don't you know. I, we're not trying to map it out that precisely, other than to say. Um, you know we want to be in a better spot than we are today and same thing the year after that so I think we're we're headed in the right direction for sure um, the timing on how all that happens there's a lot of factors there's um, it, it's hard to predict it but we want to be, a team that's in a better spot a year from now than we are now
0: so just to uh, clarify going back to today uh, if you you weren't interested in the rental market that you've done so much in the past and the cost has been high the hope was to kind of make the same kind of trades that you've made earlier this season and get a hockey trade to get someone that will be here for the future too
2: right i think that was the thought was um if we were going to make a trade it had to be something that wasn't trading away a lot of assets for a guy that's only going to be here for a couple months Um, that didn't make sense but as far as other trades where you have, you know, sometimes you have a surplus in one position or you have another team that's looking for a specific thing and you can get uh, an even swap out, we had some talks like that, it just didn't materialize.
1: Curious what you thought of what Columbus did over the last few days I'm sorry? Of what Columbus
2: did over the last few days. Yeah, they made a lot of moves um obviously they're uh they're really pushing hard this year so um you see that every every year there's usually one or two teams that really likes the group that they have and they feel like it makes sense to go in so um, um this should be interesting to watch
0: when you see nashville and winnipeg doing what you guys did for years does it almost makes you wistful for when you were able to just uh go for broke every uh every spring i
2: don't know i mean there's two sides to that i think um you know rarely does that work i think the the one time when we we acquired uh well hanzoos and vermet so it did work those two years for us but um you know most often it, it doesn't work so i i there's two sides to that i mean there's a lot of deals made today there's only one team that's going to win and it, there's some teams that didn't do anything so it could be one of those teams and then you I mean a lot of these half these teams are going to lose in the first round so it it there's always two sides to it um but, uh, you know, you, you can't necessarily wish you're somewhere else. This is where we are, and we're, we're excited about the fact that we've shown progress and the, the future's bright.
1: Was it difficult to remain patient and not try to do something that might help you this year to get in the playoffs?
2: I don't think it was difficult, no. I think the, we're trying to build um, back to be a, an elite team, and that's just all part of the process. So, um, you know, there's steps involved. And um, to make a trade, just to say you made a trade, that that's never been a great strategy for long-term success. Do you see an upside to not making the playoffs and ending up with a lottery pick? No, I mean we want to win and I think winning is a good environment for your we've seen it in the last month with our team just it it really can also accelerate the development of being in important games. We've got we've got a few guys here that have won a lot of a lot of playoff games and Stanley Cups. We've got a bigger group that's never won a playoff game. So, you know, to be in the mix and to play meaningful games until April, there's a lot of value in that. And I think um, where you end up is is where you end up. But we, we got to keep pushing here, and um, we like the strides that we've taken, and um, we like the fact that some of these young players are playing in really important games and it's just a different feel you know. if you think back to a game in November and you think back to the game on Friday night, it was a different feel, I mean you guys watched it it was a different uh, atmosphere in the building and that's something that there's no proxy for that, you have to go through it and in order to do it you got to put yourself in position to experience it You mentioned the importance of confidence is there any hesitation in inserting Corey while he's
1: trying to find his feet while you guys are still in the play on huh?
2: In terms of
1: just how he's going to have to you know see pucks again for the first time and you guys points
2: are well he's been practicing for a couple of weeks so he's um he's been seeing a lot of pucks and i think he's tired of practicing um so yeah there, there's always going to be that first game when you're off so uh you know when you've been off the ice for a while the game action there's really no uh, replica for that but um he's been practicing quite a bit so i think he's He's tired of practicing.
0: For all the armchair general managers out there on social media who think they have the answer to uh, everything and uh, want to uh, express their rage or uh, insecurities or uh, disappointments uh, through their tweets and posts and things like that, oh, it is comical to hear and uh, to watch some of these twiddiots with some of their comments as the as the trade deadline comes and goes. Because they know everything, but uh, I think Stan explains himself fairly well there. And as Scott and I were talking about in the first segment on uh, what his approach was going to be, what are you giggling about here? You're, are you reading some of these hashtag Blackhawks posts? Yeah, you're do you right do right we right even right bother right? Uh, giving them no, giving them the? Air. You, no,
1: okay. you shouldn't say their handles. All right. okay. uh, <laughs> um, one here here actually, this one's like a uh, almost like a riddle. Stan Bowman doing nothing shows that he's cl- so close to understanding how to build a team but yet so far Okay, it's kind of a riddle yeah. um, maybe you cross the bridge if you can figure that out uh, and then someone else Stan Bowman's face makes me mad
0: I, I, oh that's, that's, I, really, I that's really hilarious and wouldn't, like,
1: wouldn't you get the thing with everyone talking though
0: and, and, and then, and then the, the vulgarities, there's one here Stan Bowman, go down, Stan Bowman never picked up the bleeping phone who the hell is he kidding
1: <laughs> just, he's, well, I mean, no, he said he did pick up the phone. It's,
0: it's, nothing made sense to him.
2: It's, oh. I,
1: you know, people usually get really mad when they think there's a bad trade. Not when, not when. Kind of no. in, almost, almost a lost season. Maybe a season with some hope that nothing is done for you know to excel in the future i don't know if the anger is hilarious
0: there seems to be a different level among hockey fans and and the blackhawks fans obviously fall under that so uh, some of this stuff is is just hilarious they weren't
1: able to get Sidney crosby right or mcdavid so. yeah
0: they, they took a swing and it didn't quite uh didn't quite work out so uh calm down people take a breath uh so there, there's a process going on here before we get to Corey crawford let's talk about some of the moves that were made and who may have been winners and losers and boy The Dallas Stars (laughs) pick up Matt Zuccarello, who looks great for two periods almost, and then suffers apparently a broken arm. He's out at least four weeks, and they did not double back and and try and make a supplemental move after hearing that news. But in terms of some other teams in the West, all Colorado did was add Derek Broussard. No team seems to want him. This is his fourth team over the course of the past uh, year or so. Uh, Minnesota... They've kind of made lateral moves, maybe the types of moves that, that Stan would have made, the ones we're talking about here earlier, Ryan Donato in exchange for Charlie Coyle, getting an asset back, a young asset back. Um, also, uh, they end up sending uh, Mikhail Granlund to Nashville in exchange for Kevin Fiala, a guy who might be able to be a player for them as well. Nashville, on the other hand, you know they, they waited down to the wire. I didn't think you know, signing Cody McLeod and Brian Boyle was going to be enough. But then right before the deadline, they make that Granlin trade. I'm not necessarily a, a bigger fan of Granlin than I am as, uh, with Fiala. But then they pick up Wayne Simmons from Philadelphia. Ryan Hartman goes the other way. St. Louis fairly quiet. They pick up a veteran defenseman. And Winnipeg makes a splash here with Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers. And um, outside of that, the other the other big thing, two big things in the West, San Jose getting Gustav Nyquist from Detroit and Vegas getting mark stone from ottawa and committing to a contract with him as well uh, I, I don't know who were you mo- most impressed with from a western conference standpoint with some of these moves
1: no the west i don't know. i guess i wasn't as impressed in the west obviously with a certain team in the east that seems to be really going for it but nashville i mean all those um all those trades do you do you really improve a lot though? there's a lot of talk around wayne simmons and i'm getting him is he? Does he have that much upside offensively, or is it just kind of you know a bigger guy who throws his body? Yeah, around?
0: no, he, he's, he's been a beast during his time in Philadelphia. The thing is, he's going to be a free agent, so that doesn't necessarily force them to commit, but he's definitely someone who's going to help them immediately. That power play stinks down in Nashville for whatever reason, and uh, he's certainly going to help them. I, I'm still not as a big a fan of uh, Mikhail Granlund. Um, I, I don't know how much he'll help them, but maybe a change of scenery will do it there. Vegas certainly had assets in order to make this Mark Stone trade, and that was the big splash. But you mentioned the one team in the East, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and what about Yarmulkekelein and their GM just doubling down again and again and making the moves for first Matt Duchesne, then Ryan Dezingle. Uh, He finished things off with a couple of more minor moves by getting Keith Kincaid and then uh, Andrew McQuaid um, late in the uh, trade deadline process on Monday. But there's a chance he's going for it. He's putting them on the table, and the possibility that uh, he may just come up completely empty come July 1st. All these guys may be gone. So what are you if you're a Columbus Blue Jackets fan right now?
1: You are incredibly excited and overjoyed. Even more impressive than those trades, to to me, is they're keeping Panarin and Bob. Mm -hmm. So you got this uh, really killer team on paper. A lot of the uh, attractive players that uh, people want to acquire today. So, yeah, I mean... You know, you kind of go back to some of those years when, when uh, the Hawks were were going for it. It's uh, it's a great feeling when you know you're going to see these guys that are top talents in the league, and and it, it kind of makes it even more fun when you know they're going to be elsewhere later because we're throwing all the darts at the board here. We're going for it, so it's it's going to be a great time to be a Blue Jackets fan.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see how deep they go uh, in this playoff run. First of all, they have to make the playoffs. Now it's a lot more likely based on the additions that they made. But then the playoffs are such a crapshoot and you know, comes July 1st, it could be absolute tumbleweeds after all the excitement in, in Columbus if he's not able to uh, lock down some of these players that he acquired, if not Panarin and Bobrovsky. And uh, it, uh Antemi Panarin has given every indication that he's not necessarily interested in staying in Columbus long term. The other bit of news, obviously, Corey Crawford coming back. It has been a very um, you know, slow process. I think by design, in getting him back on the practice sheet, working his way back, and now after Colin Delius' play has taken a little bit of a dip... Actually, since signing that contract, he's had a couple of rough ones here. And it's probably good for him to go back to Rockford, and the timing is right now. It's worked out where Corey's going to be coming back and probably, you know, uh, mining the net on at least one of these games in the road trip, especially since there's a back-to-back over the weekend, too.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he wants to still be an NHL goalie, but he's going to get minutes. He's going to see even more pucks than he was here. So, you know, it's, it's good to not, at least we're not in a position where they had to keep playing him when you started to see his um, performances kind of... Uh, Degr- are uh, decline a little, so that's good. And then getting Crawford back, I mean, for for any concerns that it's going to take him some time to um, get his timing back, to, to get that rhythm back. I remember last time he came back off of these injuries, and he said this the second one wasn't as bad as last year. I remember it was just like I think it was only like two games till they had uh, a game where they're going to play the Lightning. And I asked Cooper how impressive it was to see a guy come back from a head injury, a goalie, and play as well Crawford did when he came back. Uh, in mid-October this year, and he started talking about how he should be in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, of course, the timing might be a little off, but we're talking about Coy Crawford, who's really kind of defied logic every time he's come back from these injuries.
0: And he was great when he first came back this year. Then his his numbers dipped a little bit as... Uh, He soon discovered that the Blackhawks had some deficiencies down on the defensive end, and his numbers started sinking the way they had toward what Cam Ward's numbers were as well. It's going to be an interesting watch here to see uh, how sharp Corey is and uh, how long it'll take him to get sharp once again. Uh, And knock on wood, uh, hopefully all these issues are are over with and and he can play out his career the way he wants to play out his career. Uh, Did you have another thought on that or no? No? Uh, decline. Decline? Okay. Let's move on. Next subject. The last two games. And uh, all credits to the Blackhawks for rallying themselves back into wild card contention. Uh, playing well enough where you thought those two games, which did turn out to be quasi-playoff games, Friday night against Colorado, Sunday afternoon against Dallas. And wouldn't you know it, they do end up playing better than they had been in their victories <laughs> earlier in the week over Ottawa and Detroit, but they were... Always playing catch-up in those games, these two games against the Avs and the Stars. Uh, much better puck management and responsibility, but there were a couple of those mistakes that did end up rearing their ugly head and, and costing them in these these two games against the Avs and Stars.
1: Yeah, not the results you want to see, but they did play well overall in both games, even though they were must-win games. Callatin seemed to say that that game against Colorado was... Uh, maybe the best game of the year in terms of effort. It, one of them, at least, from what he was saying, he was really happy with the effort. I think he said it was the closest to a full 60 minutes they played all season. So, good effort. Not, not good enough. These games obviously really matter now. It, it kind of you can maybe after this season, if they don't make it in the playoffs, go back to. Uh, this, this past weekend when they started to lose ground in some really big games uh, back-to-back over the weekend. So unfortunately, they didn't get the wins, but you know it, things are still kind of tight in the West, so they can string another good streak together, who knows?
0: This week will be highly influential on how long they're going to be in this race, and granted, uh, they only have one game until Saturday. That's Wednesdays at Anaheim, so these other teams' games played standings are going to catch up to them and uh, then they'll know exactly where they stand. But winning against two teams below you in the standings, on the road, Anaheim and Los Angeles, I think those are almost absolutely must-wins if they're to stay in this thing. And then they have uh, a game against uh, San Jose on Sunday night, and uh, San Jose certainly uh, has been playing well. They're a good team, and then they added on at the trade deadline. Another thought I really wanted to take is in terms of the puck management and some costly mistakes. Yeah, overall, the Hawks did play much, a much better overall game in those two games, but then there are still a couple of those plays. The Slater-Cuckoo play on Friday night, the turnover that ended up in the go-ahead goal to make it 4-3. to um, He also had a tough time on Sunday losing a blade on what turned into the, the uh, first score of the game. He can't be blamed for that, but then he was right right in the middle of all that. And then the Gustav Forsling turnover that gave Dallas a 2 nothing lead. There are these young defensemen that the Blackhawks are giving plenty of time to, and you know, you heard Jeremy talking before Sunday's game about he's seeing a little bit of a dip in Carl Dahlstrom's play. Now Cuckoo, uh, you know, makes a, a crucial mistake. Otherwise, playing pretty well overall. And The same thing with Gustav Forsling on Sunday. And welcome to the growing pains of a young defenseman in the NHL.
1: It's not the best time for the growing pains when you're trying to make a push into the playoffs. But you know, Dahlstrom was good up until this point, And he did, he did uh, miss both um, Friday and Sunday uh, scratch. And... Uh, yeah, Cuckoo. I mean, he's, he has been very consistent since he came over. So to see that, you just hope it doesn't, you know, I don't think he's going to be out of the lineup, but you just, you hope that it doesn't rattle his confidence too much. And he's, yeah. he's able to do what he was doing before because he has been really good up to this past weekend.
0: And that's the same hope you have for all these guys, you know, the, the Dahlstroms and the Forslings and whatnot. <laughs> Finally, uh, before we get on a couple of lighter topics, uh, Patrick Kane, his streak comes to an end. 13 shots to keep it alive on Friday night. And uh, I think it was just a little frustrated at the way Dallas was playing him. They paid a whole lot of attention to him in Sunday afternoon's game. Not that he didn't have a share of opportunities, but he couldn't bury it. But when you look back at that 26-game streak, he had only 40 points. In this 20-game streak, he had 43. And as much as the Blackhawks are getting contributions from the Taves and the, and the DeBrinkets and the Dylan Stroms. You know, even Duncan Key's play has been a whole lot better during the course of this week. I think he's been energized by this. But the guy who's really put the team on his shoulders is Patrick Kane, and I don't think you can say enough about the way this this guy has performed. I know you wrote about it in your in your uh, Chelsea blogger about him sh- you know, being a Hart Trophy candidate, we even talked about it on the last podcast. If this team should get into the playoffs, there's no reason he shouldn't be one of the three finalists for the hearts.
1: Absolutely, he's done everything. You, the reason that they're this close is because he has been their most valuable player by a mile, and that's ahead of guys who have, have having very good seasons. Debrink had an amazing sophomore season. Taves could still possibly have his best season, I think, uh, kind of on pace there. So, uh, really strong effort from all those guys and the top two lines. Stan Bowman talked about him a little bit, I believe. Uh, top two lines. Have been really hard to play against. Just you know, unfortunately for the Hawks, the the rest of the depth offensively not as hard, and, and the defense uh, not as hard to play against. But you know, I think they shut uh, they shut Strom down too, Dallas. You know, there was, they really did a good job of managing those uh, that, that second line, yeah. which which has been. I mean, every game has been amazing. Yeah,
0: falling into that three nothing hole. Again, credit, because they they fight and they claw their way back into the games, and then uh, all of a sudden, that five-on-three situation the too many men on the ice, after they were dominating play in the third period after that tying goal, was just a killer. And then Duncan Keith takes uh, uh, the hooking call to make it a five-on-three, and you could almost, almost see it coming, unfortunately. And it's not that the Blackhawks didn't have their chance at the end of the game, they had Uh, what six minutes of power play time in the last of the last seven plus overall and that power play in that particular instance unfortunately not able to come through and get the equalizer to at least get one point against dallas that's the real disappointing part of it is that you don't come away with any points in those two games so that places even more importance on this week coming up as they head out west uh as we wrap up here um you're you're heading out of town to hopefully some warmer climbs right
1: yes shortly we will be going to uh disney world uh, my son's first time there. Okay. Daughter's second time. So really, really looking forward to it. Did the whole, uh, you know, register your trip, uh, get some fast pass thing, you know, on the app. It's, uh, it's very exciting. Yeah.
0: And so, so your daughter going the second time, she has to be extra jacked about this, right?
1: She is. Are you taking her out of yes. school? Um, you know, it's a, it's a sore subject. No. It's, <laughs> uh, I, I, she, her attendance has been phenomenal. This might be the only time. She's missed She was sick a couple times, but only time for a non-sick-related uh, uh, absence. But, yeah, she's been watching a lot of Disney shows and movies right now. She's at that
0: age. You're rewarding her for a good grades is what it is, right? Yeah, now. and being a good person. Yeah. And Then you'll have to send her to summer school, right? So, right. So, so you have your kids uh, at that age. This is, this is your moment of fatherhood right now. Uh, my moment of, uh, of fatherhood, my dad moment, came at the game on Sunday. Um, because I do have a a couple of connections, I talked to the scoreboard guy. Uh, my 21 year old daughter has been going out with a, a a real great guy for, I don't know, four or five years right now. Um, really, really good boyfriend for her. And, um, I asked her, is she interested in going on kiss cam? So, so we did, we did arrange that. I talked to, uh, uh, Sergio who handles all those matters. The scoreboard matters before the game. I gave her the seat I gave Sergio the seat locations everything. Yeah, 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 I will make it happen. So Kiss Cam comes up and uh you know, middle of the second period and boom, who's the first one on Kiss Cam is is my daughter and her boyfriend. And they went to the game with uh her boyfriend's parents. So I'm thinking I'll all uh, all say this is just going to be a quick peck on the cheek and and they'll move on to the next one. And uh it, it turned into something a little bit more uh, more more passionate than I expected passionate more passionate than I expected. you, know, it wasn't one of these ridiculous ones where the whole crowd goes crowd goes crazy, but it it, it was just a little longer than I expected and um, anyway, she's 21 so, so she can she, she can so do you,
1: do you asked her if it was if, if she' would want to be on or you asked yeah, uh,
0: okay. with the expectation that I'm watching she 's going to be there with her boyfriend's parents, and it 's just going to be something something real quick and it It turned into maybe one of those i don 't know what four or five second ones so, so it was it was a little disconcerting i i I took a video of it because I knew she was going to be on, and then as I see it, I sent it back to her with the text really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh my wife ended up having liking it and having no problem That's with amazing. it yeah.
1: do you think that because they knew that strings were pulled for them that they maybe had a pregame pregame discussion said you know let's really make this count
0: I, I don't know i i just i just think just because of the fact that they knew i was going to be watching and the boyfriend's parents were going to be there this was going to be a quick and out and uh it was just a little longer than I, I expected.
1: The pressure got to them, and they they felt like they had to deliver yeah, the,
0: because the, people were watching. Plus, the other people around them, you could tell they were uh, they must have spread the word to expect them on the kiss cam, and they were really pumped up about it. It's a big game. There's a lot of energy in a in stadium. A lot of emotions. I I had I had to I had to put my focus and concentration back in order for a couple of minutes after that. So was there luckily any? I didn't have an intermission
2: hit there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was there Was there any like? I'm sure you didn't post a video, but I, I this is the 1st time hearing of this. There, there was no like mention. Oh, just saw my daughter kiss him on Twitter, or anyone give, giving you a hard time.
0: No, no. no
1: wow, this is an exclusive.
0: <laughs> right. So, enjoy the enjoy the daughter while she's young and everything like I that.
1: Be, uh, I don't know if I'll be arranging something like that in front of twenty-two thousand people. Well, but,
0: you know, you know what I did. I assumed, and you know what happens when you assume—you know the old saying. So bad on
1: something very nice for your daughter. Bad you're on great, me. You're a great dad. Yeah, and
0: and she didn't end up seeming to enjoy it. So if it made her, she's 21. Hey, I, I, she's not my little girl anymore. So, like I say, Scott, enjoy that time at Disneyland.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> I will. I'll try to try to freeze her at that age and that's safe, <laughs> wonderful scenario. Uh, did you? Uh, you know, no. I was going to say, my wife actually. Would love the story. She's always wanted to be on a kiss cam. We used to go to games. She'd like try to position us and find the camera. It never worked out, probably for the best.
0: Well, are you able to be a fan at any game? Or, uh, not anymore. Maybe you, can, any m- m- maybe you can hire a faux Scott to sit with her in the stands, and then I can arrange a kiss cam with whoever she's sitting with. You really think a lot about the kiss cam. <laughs> I really don't, but... See, I'm a little rattled right now after what happened yesterday. <laughs> still, so it
1: was a uh, very nice, you know, pulling of strings and, and making arrangements by you for your daughter. Yeah. And
0: speaking of speaking She's of not getting any birthday or Christmas presents for about five uh, years,
1: it was a lot of effort, and it was on a large scale. Speaking of, of daughters, like I gotta say something funny. My my daughter said, just you know, kind of uh, not not in not in family planning, but just kind of in, in joking around. My my wife goes and uh, uh, goes to my daughter. Oh hey, uh, you know, do you do you want another? Because we have a we have a younger son. My daughter's uh, three now, and she goes, "Would you, would you want a, a brother or a sister?" And she goes, uh, "A sister? Uh, no, no, a statue that looks like me." <laughs> <laughs> so she, she bargained. Wow, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the next best. Uh, that's a better thing. That's a better thing than having a deal. Having a deal with a. <sighs> another younger sibling so well well, thanks for thanks for taking us into that uh, private matter on your family side yeah, just as i shared. share
1: things like mean, people exactly. you know when you do that chris people relate listening at home or on the treadmill or driving
0: to work whatever they do they identify with us watch these subscriptions just <laughs> go through the roof right now anyway uh, thank you for joining us on this blackhawks crazy podcast Scott. have a great trip to uh florida while we're sitting up here freezing you. i i don't uh I don't think Florida will be in the same situation as uh, all the great Chicago media who went to Arizona to cover spring training thinking they were going to come back with a tan. Got news for them, (laughs) pal. It didn't quite work out that way. So uh, enjoy Disney World Part 2 with your family. And we folks hope you enjoyed this edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast and hearing from Stan Bowman himself following the trade deadline. You can uh, follow along. Uh, Scott and I on Twitter. I'm at, at Bowden Tweets. Scott is at, at Scott King Media. Also, go to the Black House Crazy Facebook page at blackhousecrazy.com
1: slash Blackhawks crazy i get lost with all these different urls
0: also i'm always thinking you know emails the 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 company or the things on the back rather than the, the name on the front i'm yes uh and also tricky is joe romano for putting this podcast together once again tricky and good so thanks to joe for doing that we'll talk to probably maybe are you gonna be back for the buffalo game week from
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to miss any home games So I'll be
0: back Okay, maybe we'll try and get back with the folks then After this road trip And then uh, I believe the Buffalo home game is Thursday the 7th Something like that So we'll uh, try another one out then In the meantime, thanks for listening
2: And we'll uh, talk to you down the road